Hi, my name is Dee, and you are listening to my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat. This is my 13th episode, um, and if you've already done so, please uh, feel free to check out my other ones. Um, they are called One Nation Under God, The Elderly and Disabled in a Monopoly World. So, I'm mental. What's your superpower? Riddle little D, I see something you can't see. Prisoner past the sentencing. Let's not talk about COVID, shall we? Which, I don't talk about COVID in that one. <clears throat> Men being raped as a father. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but that doesn't mean you have to use them on me. A parental alienation syndrome. Fentanyl. When the next breath is worth more than a speck of sand. Skittles party. Where there is no pot of gold at the end of their rainbow. And my last episode I did was called Not All Homeless Are Homeless. <clears throat> now usually I go over what I like to call my disclaimer and opening remarks. However, in this episode, I'm going to do it differently. This is going to be a very lengthy one. <clears throat> um, and I'm hoping I'm be able to get everything into the time frame that I have. However, in this episode, I am just going to simply say, I respect your rights when you exercise them in a respectful manner. And I expect the same courtesy. And when I figure out how, um, and I get enough listeners on my podcast, um, I would like to go live and do live shows. Uh, my ultimate goal someday would hopefully be able to have some sort of talk show maybe um, and have some guest speakers as well. Um, but that may take more recess, resources than I have and obviously more money than what I have at the moment. Um, but that is one of my goals. <clears throat> now this subject, um, this subject is very, very passionate to me. Um, today's topic is called, Many Call Him Homeless. He refers to the title veteran. Now, I will start off by saying I am a huge, huge advocate on this subject. And honestly, I will fair warn everyone now that while I do have my information all written out, I can assure you that I will go off of it and my voice will change its tone and I will probably most likely 100% actually um, get a little louder on it. <clears throat> I tend to get louder on more verbal and more verbal when I'm passionate about something. Um, and this is definitely one of those somethings. Um, I just want to give fair warning now ahead of time um, that the subject of all others really gets me going. Um, and I will try to keep my voice back a little bit as much as possible from my computer. And I apologize for any sounds that go by. I don't have any bougie technology. I just have my laptop. Um, so you might hear things go by i'm in the back <clears throat> excuse me room and it's kind of quiet from the rest of the house but unfortunately um sometimes it can get loud which right now at this time of day it shouldn't really be too bad unless somebody goes be bopping down the road but anyway <clears throat> um so on this website i found um on veteransaddiction.org there was a um an article and it was published on october 5th of 2021 <clears throat> And it says that according to research, the risk for veterans to become homeless is higher than that of the general population. <clears throat> now, I apologize for my topic, my, my topping, <laughs> my talking, <laughs> I can't even talk. I apologize for my talking because I can't talk. I'm still trying to get used to um, talking 
um, with my mouth. Um, so anyway, I had surgery done on my mouth. I had 26 teeth and four wisdom teeth taken out. So I'm trying to get used to my dentures, um, and trying to learn how to talk with them and definitely learning, trying to learn how to eat with them, but that's a whole different area. So anyway, I apologize for my, my wording. I'm trying to talk clearly, but it's a little difficult sometimes for me. But anyway, back to the subject. <clears throat> I'll read that again because I feel that is very important. Um, the risk for veterans to become homeless is higher than the, that of the general population. Central factors that contribute to a veteran's homelessness in the U.S. include substance abuse disorders and mental health disorders, like PTSD, and the concurrence of these types of disorders. Other issues play a smaller role, including income problems, social isolation, having been incarcerated, maybe childhood trauma. <clears throat> Although this problem may seem like something common and no big deal to, other, big deal to others, especially uh, our veterans, this is an ultimate battle that they continue to suffer with. While there are various programs that do exist to help veterans beat homelessness, in my opinion, there honestly should not even need to be one at all. <clears throat> there should not even be an issue with veterans being homeless, um, in my opinion. <clears throat> um, first, let's talk about what a homeless person even is. According to the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, it states that a person is experiencing homelessness if they meet any of the following criteria. A person who does not have a fixed, regular, and adequate nighttime residence. Someone who stays overnight at a public or private place not designed for an ordinary used or ordinarily used for sleeping, such as a car, abandoned building, a park, a bus station, train station, a campground, even an airport. <clears throat> like staying out in the parking lot, sleeping in their car. Uh, not somebody who's got like on a layover, but actually somebody who has nowhere to go. So they stay in the parking lot at an airport or um, in the parking lot of a, as, at a hospital. Um, <clears throat> truck stops, Walmart parking lots. <clears throat> I've done that. Um, a person who is living in a temporary shelter. These could be, include homeless shelters, motels paid for by the government through maybe some vouchers or by different charities and even transitional housing. <clears throat> Someone who is living in a place not meant for human uh, human people, I mean, to even live there. Um, a person who is getting ready to lose their home and has no other place to go. <clears throat> now, some people also say homeless people are people that basically are drifters. Um, they sleep on people's couches, um, wherever they can lay their head. <clears throat> so, um, there's a lot of different definitions of a homeless person, and there's a lot of statistics on how many people are homeless, and we talked about this in the last episode, um, and statistics are only as good as the data that is received and, tall and tallied, and in my opinion, uh, one person homeless is too many. So, my definition is this. <clears throat> this is my personal definition. A person that continues to suffer, regardless of the reason or reasoning, in a non-humane way of their God-given right as a human being 
the necessities of life and its reason for existence. Without food, water, shelter, clothing, needed medical treatment, and physical aids due to loss or limitations is the most degrading thing as a human being one shouldn't never have to be judged on, begged for, or even die from. Now this applies to a homeless veteran as well, because after all, they are human beings. Well, I'm going to take a little step further because my definition of a homeless veteran is a little bit different. Well, all of this above holds very true for them as well. I believe it needs to go further, several steps further. And before I go to elaborate on my thought on that, which I will conclude that at the end of my podcast, let's just define what a veteran is. According to Bing, it defines a veteran as a person who has had a long experience in a particular field. <clears throat> okay. Sure. Okay. But that's not where I'm going with this. According to the Veterans Authority, it defines the legal definition of a military veteran as the following. According to Title 38 of the Code of Federal Regulations, defines a veteran as a person who served in the active military, naval, or air service, and who was discharged or released under conditions other than dishonorable. This definition explains that any individual that completed a service for any branch of an armed forces classifies as a veteran, as long as they were not dishonorably, dishonorably discharged. I, <clears throat> I'm going to get off, I'm going to get off my notes for a minute. So I will say this, <clears throat> it infuriates me. And I don't know if that's a strong word. When places acknowledge people as veterans and say, you know, all veterans stand and they want to acknowledge them and, and give them the rightful acknowledgement that they definitely do. It infuriates me when there are people that have the audacity to stand up and represent themselves as a veteran when they are not one. And then when they are discharged from the military for dishonorable reasons, um, and they think they have the right to stand up for that acknowledgement as the man standing next to, the, next to them that did their duty, honorably and they think that they have the right to be acknowledged when they <sighs> they are not a veteran and they need to sit their butt down that's plain and simple they just need to sit their butt down and i had an ex-husband that did that and it would infuriate me he was in the military briefly he was kicked out of the military um, which I'm not going to put that business out there because, you know, hey, but it was dishonorable and it, before my time. And, um, now his dad was in the military. He was in uh, Korea and he used to tell me stories and everything and, um, missed that man a lot and he ended up passing away. My ex-husband, on the other hand, um, when we would have, uh, go to things and they would say, y'all veterans rise and they acknowledge them or they had veterans day at school. He actually had the audacity to stand up. And I would look at him like, sit your butt down. You are not a... Boy, sit down. And it would just infuriate me. 
So I just say, if you <laughs> sit your butt down, if you're not a veteran, you don't deserve that honor. If you're not a veteran, sit down. Now, <clears throat> I came across a 24-page article updated on January 2010 from the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. I found this website and this article to be something that I need that I felt needed to be shared. It had a tremendous amount of um, information and needed some additional attention brought to it. And um, a lot of my podcast is going to be straight from their website, honestly. And I'm going to go over some of what it says. Um, because, like I said, it has a lot of very wonderful information and they should be applauded um, for their dedication and their thoroughness and not to mention um, their their active um, how active they are and, and much respect due to them definitely um, in my opinion for what they are doing and what purpose they serve so I definitely applaud you guys for your website um, and all that you do <clears throat> um, in this uh, website it says Congress commissioned the Urban Institute of the Integrity Council on Homelessness to perform a more comprehensive survey of the nation's homeless population in 1996. Now, this was back in 1996. It was completed in 1999. So, obviously, this is a while back. <clears throat> and while these numbers are very, um, they're very heartbreaking to me because, like I said, one, one is too many. Um, in this report, dated back to 1999, Obviously, this is the year 2023. Um, the survey reported that 33% of homeless men in America are veterans. 33% of homeless men in America are, are veterans. 23 of all homeless people in America are veterans. 89% of homeless veterans have received honorable discharges. 89% of homeless veterans that have been honorably discharged from the military, 89% are homeless. 67% of homeless veterans have served three years or longer. <clears throat> homeless veterans have obtained higher educational level levels than in non-veteran homeless people. Homeless, let me reread that. Homeless veterans have attained higher education levels than the non-veteran homeless people. Than non-veteran homeless people. Let me read that correctly because my words got twisted. 79% of homeless veterans live in large metropolitan areas. <clears throat> I still can't get over the 89% of homeless veterans. <laughs> Like I said, one, one is too many for me. Uh, these findings helped put the homeless veterans in issue on the national public policy agenda. The VA and the Department of Labor took immediate and significant steps to increase funding for the homeless veterans reintegration re program and the Providers Grants and Per Diem program. <clears throat> the two largest veteran-specific homeless assistance programs in the nation today. The survey results also proved to an absolute certainty that the nation's homeless assistance programs 
were not fully embracing the large segment of the homeless population. Today, the VA estimates... <laughs> Are you sitting down for this one? Today, the VA estimates... Now, mind you, this is back in... Whenever this was written, 2010, I think. Um, that about 131,000 veterans are homeless on any given night. 131,000 veterans homeless on any given night. According, or accounting for one-fifth of the entire homeless population and roughly twice as many experiences homelessness, homelessness throughout the year. <clears throat> 131,000 veterans a night, not a year, not a week, a night. <sighs> this marks a considerable decrease in veteran homelessness estimates from only a de decade ago, but nonetheless signifies a present and persistent problem. Increasing veterans' access to homeless assistance services on the local level and preventing homelessness, I can't even say that with my mouth, homelessness, sorry, among America's new generation of combat forces returning from wars in Iraq and Afghanistan is dependent upon reliable data about homeless veterans and the services available to them in their community. All federal homeless assistance grant grants require locality-specific needs assessments that reflect the number of homeless people and services they require. Homelessness, homelessness is the end result of problems that an individual cannot resolve without assistance. You cannot... If you're homeless, and I'm going to say this from experience because I... In my last... In my last podcast I did, Not Homeless or Homeless, I put my paper down. That was straight open mic me um, because I, I was speaking basically from my experience. I was homeless for two and a half years uh, due to a horrific tragedy in my life. And, you know, it's very difficult to... Um, it's, it's a very difficult life. If you want to call it that, it really is. And it's, it's, there's not even a word for it, um, really in that level of magnitude. And, um, there are more people that judge than there are that understand and try to help. And I'm not trying to belittle those that help because I'm a very big advocate for the homeless, um, hugely. And I applaud everybody that takes their time out of their life to try and make a difference. Um, for people that are in situations that are less fortunate. And, um, but there are more people out there that judge. And if we were more understanding and less judgmental, this would be a, a, a way more better place to be. Um, <clears throat> but because each person deals with challenges and stresses dif differently, there is no way to predict how and when homeless veterans and those at risk of becoming homeless will ultimately realize that they need help. Some people don't even realize they need help. And the majority of veteran Vietnam veterans 
who eventually sought homeless assistance, did not request help until 8 to 12 years after their discharge. So many people will not even ask for help. They just survive. And when you're in the military, you learn survival skills. But, you know, when you come back, um, most of the time when they come back, you know, they sometimes they don't have a home to come back to. They don't have a life to come back to. They don't have a family to come back to. Um, and sometimes they don't even have their own mind to come back to. And, you know, for a long period of time to go by, living in the world of survival combat in your own backyard is, that's just wrong for us to be able to be okay with that. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody's okay with it, because I'm not okay with it. But don't judge people. Don't degrade somebody. Don't don't sit there and think that you know the answers or why that person is holding a sign. <clears throat> or why that man with his amputated legs is in a wheelchair sitting on the side of the interstate and he's asleep. Sitting on the side of the interstate, but he's asleep. And he's got a sign laying in his lap. But the man fell asleep because he's tired. Because, you know, you're homeless and you're military. You sleep with one eye open, right? I literally have taken a picture of this man that I, I, I've i never formally really got to know him. But <clears throat> he lost both of his limbs and was sitting in a wheelchair on the side of a major interstate. Um, when it came off, you know, the, the overpass or whatever. <clears throat> and he was sound asleep. Sign laying in his lap. You know, and I'm looking at him and my heart broke. It's, it's, uh, that shouldn't even be. Uh, now generally the causes of homelessness can be grouped into three categories. Economical hardships health issues, and lack of affordable housing. Well, in this day and age, it could be a lot of other things. Um, but that pretty much sums it all up on, I mean, yeah, things are hard. People have bad health. And being able to afford uh, to live in this day and age is gone beyond ridiculous. It really has. Um, these issues impact all homeless individuals, but veterans face additional challenges when trying to overcome these, set, these obstacles. Prolonged separation from traditional supports, such as family and close friends. Highly stressful training and occupational demands that can affect personality, self-esteem, and the ability to communicate with people in the civilian sector after separation from military service. So basically, you know, you got these people that have been in combat. They've been maybe um, deployed or... Not even necessarily deployed. I mean, they could just simply be in their own town or wherever they're stationed. <clears throat> but when you get in that life of military, um, that's a whole different um, conversation of of um, technique. And I'm not going to act like I even know what it is because I'm not. I've never been in the military. I've got military family, but um, that's a whole different language. And. Um, 
you know, when you're separated from your family and your friends and, you know, you have kids and you have spouses or you have parents and brothers and sisters and your friends and whatnot, even your, your pets, and you're, you're away from them, you become isolated in your own world because, and I'm just, I'm just going to say this as a speculation on my point of view. Like I said, I don't know directly, so I apologize. I'm not trying to offend any other person at all on this, but this is my point of view on it. Um, when you're in that level of separation, you become separated in your world of ice in, in isolation, so to speak, because you miss out on life. You miss out on birthdays. You miss out on weddings. You miss out on funerals. You miss out on um, the birth of your children. Um, you miss out on your kids' first steps and riding a bike and school programs and helping them with their homework. Or maybe just tucking them in at night. You know, and not even so much as just your kids, but just you miss out on the little things in life that you are defending when you're so the things that you love and you treasure that you miss out on are the very things are the reasoning why you are in the position that you are in, in the first place to protect and serve your family your loved ones your country and all the while that's what you're missing that's what you're, you're giving up what you love in order to save and protect what you love. To come back and not necessarily even have what you left to protect and, and love. It's gone. Not all the time, but your time is gone. And, you know, I used to always say, you know, um, the most valuable thing you can give to a person in your life is your time. Because that's the one thing in your life that is yours, is priceless, and you can't get back. And if you give your, your moment of your time of your life to somebody, then you took the time out of your life to give your time as something that is valuable and priceless and not able to receive back. And you're giving it to that other person and sharing it with them. <clears throat> and it breaks my heart when there are so many people that take that for granted. And I'm, I'm going to say I'm included. I mean, I've wasted some time on some pretty silly things in my life. I say they're silly. Um, and some things that I have... Uh, learned hard lessons on <clears throat> but when you are in the military and you're discharged or you're in the, a veteran who has um, been through more than what I will even begin to even understand um, it's a whole different ball game and that leads a whole different level of mentality and you might come home physically <clears throat> but that doesn't mean the rest of you is intact. There's mental health issues. You know, the overwhelming majority of veterans return from military service. And they might actually, you know, go back into society just fine. However, there are studies that show that up to one-third of combat veterans are likely to experience some clinical degree, degree of depression, PTSD, 
or other emotional psychological difficulties directly related to the military experiences. Debilitating mental and physical health problems are a leading cause of homelessness, particularly among combat veterans. And the VA reported that up to 30%, up to 30% of the 184,000 veterans of the Iraq and Afghanistan who sought VA medical care since separating from the military exhibited potential symptoms of PTSD, stress, drug abuse, and other mental and emotional disorders. That's just with the Iraq and Afghanistan. That's not accounting for all the rest of the veterans that are still here today that have survived their minds. Now, close to half of those, 30,000, could possibly be diagnosed with PTSD. Now, I'm going to disagree with that. Because I'm going to say every single one of them suffers some level of PTSD. I don't see how you can't come back from combat or come back from being in any type of situation such as they are and not have a form of PTSD. I, I really disagree with that figure. Um... I just, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna skip that part because I disagree with that. I, I just, I think that there's just, and maybe this is just statistics by people again that have been, um, you know, your data is only as your statistics are only as good as your data. Um. So, anyway, sorry, <laughs> I, I just get, so I start to thinking about things and then my mind gets twisted because there's things, my mind just starts going and I get thoughts and I start thinking about things. And like I said, this subject just really gets me going in a lot of different areas. Um, physical health and disabilities, according to a March 2009 report, the VA uh, challenge report. Medical services and TB testing are the two highest met needs of homeless veterans. Help with medication, treatment for substance abuse, and hepatitis C testing, meanwhile, are the fourth, fifth, and sixth highest met, met needs. These statistics are encouraging considering how access, access to health services is critical in order to treat and prevent the health problems associated with homelessness. Now, I'm not going to knock on the VA because I know they do some amazing stuff. But I do also know that there needs to be more resources for our veterans. Um, you know, they've got economical hardships, um, you know, money. It says economical hardships usually involve employment issues and mounting debt. The cost of housing in, mo in most communities makes it unlikely for a single-wage earner to be able to afford a comfortable and safe rental unit. A person making minimum wage only makes about $1,160 a month, and we need to find an apartment for $348, which is ridiculously not possible. 
um, to have enough money for food, utilities, transportation, and other necessities. Even if one is lucky enough to find a low-rent apartment, there's no extra money left for any insurance, clothing, education, or entertainment, or any recreational. Now, what if they have a family? So you've got this military that's just making, you know, certain wages and whatever. You know, and so you you'd normally, okay, and I'm going to speak from, from my experience on people that I know in the military. So you get people that have a job and they're, they're in the military. Okay. So they have a job in the military, but then they also have a regular job. You know, some, some of them, some of the military is, I'm guessing their only job. Um, but there are some that have certain ranks or whatever. And, but then they also have another job. So when they get deployed or when they have to have, um, you know, we have to go to their things on the weekends and, and stuff on their drills and stuff, you know, they have to obviously leave their civilian job and do their military job. And then they have to change hats. And so, you know, in the meantime, they've got, some of them will have a family, you know, they might have a, a, a spouse at home or significant other, you know, and they might have children or whatever, responsible to take care of. And so now they're doing their military thing. And then the significant other, if there is one, is holding the fort down, so to speak, at home. And so they go away and again, they're, they're doing their thing. Now then let's say they get deployed. And they're gone for almost a year. A whole year of their life is dedicated to the military. A whole year of their life is dedicated to things we will never know and places we will never even hear of and doing things that are none of our business. Now, meanwhile, their significant other, if there is one, um, is responsible for maintaining life at home the children the house the bills um their sanity <laughs> um but then also too let's say they don't have a family at home and it's just them so then they have to give power of attorney over to somebody temporarily to help pay for their bills while they're gone they might have a car payment they might have a house they might have uh, regular bills you know because they want to keep their belongings um you know and Let's just say, unfortunately, that while they're gone, maybe um, some hard times happen. And um, maybe their house gets foreclosed on or their storage unit doesn't get paid or their car um, payment doesn't get pay paid. And they come home and they have nothing. Or maybe the person they sired power of attorney to, um, heaven forbid, passed away. Or... It was in a hospital and they fell on hard times or whatever the case may be. And something happened. And then this military person comes home to absolutely nothing. They lost their home. They lost their belongings. They lost their car. They lost everything that they had. And now all they have is whatever they came back home with from the military service on their back. And they've got to be able to keep track of it, figure out where to go. And in the meantime, um, they only literally have the clothes on their back. But before they left, they had all their ducks in a row. You know, they had all their bills paid up. 
maybe they were even ahead. They had a savings account. Um, you know, whatever the case may be. And they came home. And maybe now their, their employment, um, you know, because their job has to go on, even though they, they secured their spot at work, right? But yet, that company needs to still conduct business. They just have to secure you having a job there. So maybe you come back and then your position is no more. Because maybe the business went under. Or maybe um, their particular position got transitioned into something else. So now you're coming back in as something totally different. And maybe the pay isn't as much. So then maybe you come back now. You have no home. You have no belongings. Um, you have no car. And now you have no job. But you have the backpack on your back that you went overseas with and all the letters from home that you salvaged and slept with and savored and probably have dried tear stains on and that's what you carry. And um, so now what do you do? What do you do from here? You know, and I've got this big long list of, I mean, I've got a lot of pages written here. I've got 17 pages I've typed out and I've worked on this for a few days. And I'm going to tell you, um, I know that there's programs out there and I, and I'm not going to knock on places that, um, don't, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to make it sound like there aren't places out there for people because I know there are, um, but it saddens me when I read things like, um, more than 1.5 million veterans live below the federal poverty level. 1.5 million veterans live below, below poverty. That's one out of 16 Americans who have served in the military. Now there are emergency shelters. There's transitional housing, supportive services. There's permanent housing. You know, there's um, vouchers that maybe, you know, can be given to the chronically homeless veterans. Or maybe Section 8 housing. And all that is possible. But where do you begin? You come home... And your mind is everywhere but in your head. And I mean that respectfully. So where do you begin? Where do you begin to start your new breath of life? When your life is suffocating you. You know that... You can stay in shelters, yeah. But you're only allowed to be there for so long. And if you do have a family and say you're not married, um, you can't stay together. And there are, I don't know of any shelters that have uh, male shelters with children. So what if you say you're a single father and uh, you're homeless, you're a, a veteran single father and you're homeless. I don't know any shelters for you. And that's not right. That's not cool. Um, that's not cool at all. And if you're homeless, 
um, and say you go and you try to look for a job. How do you look for a job when you are judged when you walk in the door? Because of your appearance. Because, you know, some homeless people, unfortunately, do not have access to necessities. That's kind of what makes them homeless. They lack the necessities of life. And that's uh, being, able, being able to have the right to take a shower and clean themselves and be rid of their germs and infestations. And, and um, I don't know, everybody likes clean shower, fresh shower, right? Um, so say you go in and you look like, um, <laughs> I have a few, <laughs> I'm gonna, probably end up saying my age and some of you are going to be like, who? You'll be walking in there like Wolfman Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I'm not gonna say that back because um, the picture I I've seen him and he was anyway I'm telling my age, um, you know, um, they come in there looking like that. People are so quick to judge and taking them seriously. You know, if a person is in the military and they have obviously a mentality to be able to handle the magnitude of responsibility to have the country's uh, destiny basically in, in their hands. Um, what makes you think they can't come home and do good at a job? I mean, they were just in combat handling machines, tires as big as my big toe. Um, Actually, anything bigger than my big toe. I guess that's not a good example. A tire bigger than me, which ain't a really good example either because I'm short. But anyway, you get, I hope you get some A huge freaking tire is bigger than, than my house. And they can go out and they can handle machines that big and do things that they do. But yet you think that they can't come in and have the mentality and the knowledge to be able to have a big top job based off of what their appearance yes presentation is very key i always say i used to say you never get a second chance to make a first impression then being in the military should be the top impression that they should be able to give that should be hands down that should be in my opinion, there's no question of their magnitude of what they can handle. Now, I know that there's all different levels and degrees of the military. And like I said, I'm a very big advocate in the military. I have much, much respect for our men and women uh, in the military. And um, they shouldn't have to stay in a shelter. They shouldn't have to stay in a vehicle. They shouldn't have to sit in a wheelchair with no legs on the side of the road asleep holding a sign. They should not have to suffer any more than they've already suffered because of what? What, what is the reason? There shouldn't be a freaking reason. They shouldn't have to worry about their belongings while they're gone. And who's going to pay for it? If they're gone deployed and their stuff is at home, guess who I think should pay for that? The military. Uncle Sam. You know, the uncle that we all have that we've never met and really doesn't ever give us nothing for Christmas, um, you know, but always wants our stuff. 
you know, this that that uh, that uncle. <clears throat> so I guess we're all related. We all have the same uncle, Uncle Sam. <clears throat> um. Yeah, they. I honestly, I do. I I I think that when somebody is. <laughs> When somebody is in military and they are in active duty, they are deployed, they are doing something for their country, their country should take care of them. Plain and simple. They shouldn't have to come home and worry about where's their house, where's their belonging, where's their car, where's their job. Where are their memories? Where are their resources? Our country should take care of them. Because if it wasn't for them, where would we all be? Now, I know there's women in, that are veterans, and I applaud you ladies. Because that's a whole different realm too. And um, and then when you have two parents that are gone in the military. And you have children left behind. And both of their parents are gone in the military. And no matter how hard they try. Uh, for whatever reason. <clears throat> their child is missing out on both their parents. But their parents are missing out on their child. And all that child remembers is their parents are gone. <clears throat> and all the parents remember are wanting to come home. And so they sit out there moment after moment after moment. In their minds, they have to keep be on their feet in their mindset. But yet, then their split personality in the back of their mind, their subconscious, is always in the back of their mind thinking about home. And, you know, <clears throat> I wouldn't want that. I mean, I have a hard enough time keeping up with my own mind, but that's no comparison to where that's at. And... Me being homeless for two and a half years is minute compared to a military or veteran person. It's minute. My country doesn't need to take care of me. I needed to figure out my own life, and I did. But if I was a veteran or a military person, that had been different, in my opinion. You know, and, you know, sometimes we have our, our, our veterans, you know, they, when they're homeless, they, their documents and their, their important papers and their birth certificates and their photo IDs and, and all that stuff, even their, their honors and their medals and stuff, it gets, sometimes it gets lost or it gets stolen or, um, it becomes ruined. So then they have to go through all the, pro the the process of trying to figure out their own identities. You know, I read once um, there was a veteran that I want to say he was like 
he was going on a hundred, and for his hundredth birthday, he was <laughs> he was still trying to get his purple heart, and he had been home buku years, but because his paperwork um, had been lost or whatever, he had to prove himself and prove his uh, worth of that purple heart and who he was and he had been fighting for years and years and years to try to get that accomplished and I, I don't know the end of the story because I, I read this once about a I don't know maybe not even a year ago and that's really heartbreaking when all he wanted just to, is just to have his medal you know and but because he had lost his information and stuff, it was just a big old process. And I understand there's a lot of people out there say, well, you know, many people might say they deserve the Purple Heart. It's, you know, and, and I get that. There are people, unfortunately, like that in this world that do, like I said, want to take credit for things that are, are not their credit. But I, I don't know. I just... Um, Again, I think that the, the country should be more on top of making it a priority. And I think that they should be wanting to look into trying to uh, honor this man than for this man to prove himself. And I think that they should put just as much effort in trying to prove it as what he did or was trying to anyway. Uh, because that's that's a very high honor. And if somebody is coming into that way of life and saying, hey, you know, I did this and whatever the case may be, wouldn't you want to know that? I mean, wouldn't you as a country want to, to honor that person, that human being? And the only thing he wanted before his 100th birthday was just to hold his medal. He just wanted to hold it. And have that honor, was, you know, of just being able to have it before he died. <clears throat> you know, but then you, you got certain situations where, you know, they have to fight to figure out, you know, maybe their birth records and their social security card and their identification and stuff is hard to come across. Because I know, like, back in the day, they kept records differently. Um, you know, even shot records and stuff, you know, were differently. Um you know, I, I think back in the day, I don't even know if they even really kept adequate shop records, honestly. Um, and nowadays, you know, it's a whole different ball game. It's like, um, I know like with your, I know this is kind of not on topic, but kind of is. I know like uh, with your identification in the military, I used to work at a casino as security. And um, <clears throat> when the military person would come in with their military ID, we had this machine where you could scan the ID card into to know what they were of age or whatever, and if their ID was valid or if it was uh, fake. And when a military personnel would come in with their military ID, we were not allowed to scan them because it's government property. It was against the law for us to scan their military ID. <clears throat> but I also learned... <laughs> Um, there was a guy who came in, um, and this might be, this might be one of those information that people don't want you to know, um, but I'm going to tell you, 
so when I worked security, there was this guy that came in and he had his driver's license. This was his driver's license, okay? Not an ID card, driver's license. And he handed me his driver's license. And I went to go scan it and I looked down and it had no picture on it. No picture whatsoever on it. It was his driver's license with no picture. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> so I call my boss and uh, IGC, Indiana Gaming Commission. And I'm like, um, you know, this guy has no photo on his driver's license. <laughs> what do I do with this? Um, you know, and my boss looks at me and he's a retired police officer. He said, it's legal. It is legal not to have your face, your picture on your driver's license. Now, here in the state of Indiana, I'm just going to say that. Um, because he stated it was against his religion. So he did not have to have his face on his driver's license. Now, that's kind of scary in one sense, in a lot of senses, actually. But um, makes you wonder how this guy got his license. And what documents had to be given. And I know this is off subject a little bit. But it's really kind of curious. Because you got these military people that are coming back. And it's and it's very difficult for them. To be able to get things all in order and stuff. And I know the military does a lot. And, I'm not, and like I said. I don't know firsthand all this information. But I do know that it is difficult to get your ID. And all this stuff. Um, situated in order when. You, you lose it or you've lost it in a fire or, um, you know, your belongings are gone or whatever. And you come home and have been, say your parents are all gone and, you know, you have to, you have to form your own ID identification. And now granted you have your military ID, but what if you actually, you know, lose that? I mean, I don't know what the process of all that is, but when you're homeless and you're carrying around your, your stuff, you know, homeless people get robbed. <laughs> homeless people get killed um, over a pair of shoes. Um, it's something as simple as that. And it's very sad. But, um, yeah. So, I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry. Because I'm going to get off topic here. And I'm not trying to. Because it all honestly is related together. And I get tongue-tied. When I talk about this stuff, because I got so much I want to say, and I know it's kind of going off of subject, but when you talk about the military and you talk about veterans and you talk about homelessness and you talk about <clears throat> society and the country and all this stuff, it, it all actually is one, in my opinion, because without them, we are nothing. I mean, in my opinion, we are nothing. We would not have the right to sit where we sit right this very moment in time if it wasn't for them. So while we're all sitting here listening to our devices or on our phones or driving our vehicles or maybe in a cheeseburger on the go or whatever the case may be, working, whatever, what it is, whatever you're doing. There's a veteran and a military person responsible for giving you that right. Even with this country the way it is today, we have the audacity and the nerve to question what we're supposed to be thankful for. 
Look around you. Look really good at your life. And you tell me whether you want to salute, stand, kneel, shake a hand, or ignore a veteran or a military personnel. And, I, and I'm not trying to come at anybody, but you know, it just, I am just flabbergasted at the magnitude of people that show so much disrespect to the human race as what we do in our day and time today. I don't care what nationality you are. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what color you are. I don't even color, care about the color of your eyeballs. If they're different, two different colors. I don't care if your left leg is on your left, right leg. I don't care if you're missing a limb. I don't care if you are blind, deaf, mute, or just perfect. You matter. You freaking matter. Now you take all that and you put a veteran behind that. Because all of that is the reason why you are who you are today. And, and you might not think that way. And I know a lot of people probably don't. And, and I'm, I'm very patriotic in case you haven't noticed. I'm not very fond of our government, but I love our military. I don't really care for our government, but I salute our veterans and our military. Because to me, even though they're the same, they are different. Our military and our veterans are human beings. Our government is a democracy and a monopoly and, and everything else in between, in my opinion. The military veterans and the military personnel are the ones... Who are the reason why we are who we are. And have the opportunities that we have. The government are just the dictators. In my opinion. And I'm not trying to get into politics. But you know what? Why not? Our country is politics. Our veterans and our military are human beings. Not the same. Not the same. So you have, you know, all these organizations, and I can read them on verbatim and go on and on. I've got page after page after page of different development things. And like I said, I typed up 17 pages here of different things. And I could read all those, but I'm not going to. Because you can go to this website, and you can pull it all up. And you can read it. And you should read it. You should read it because no amount of podcasts, no amount of my opinions and no amount of um, everybody else's opinion is going to matter until we all understand why it needs to matter. Why is this podcast important? Not because I'm talking. It, 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 honestly, it has nothing to do with me, in a sense, because 
when I when I make these podcasts, I touch on things that I'm I'm passionate about or I feel that need to be discussed or attention needs to be brought to, just like this website. There needs to be attention brought to this website and to this subject because there are so many people out there that are trying to do good and trying to help and make a difference in the world. And those are the people that need to be brought to light. And the people of the negativity, of the judging, and, you know, taking away or making it illegal to help a homeless person. Florida, for instance, did you know in Florida, it is illegal to help a homeless person? Yep. There was a man down there that was 90, I want to say he was 91. He was, let's just say, he was in his 90s. And he, um... He would hand food out to the homeless. And he got arrested. He got arrested for it. And he got out and you know what he did? Handed food out to the homeless. 90, 90 some years old. I was at a McDonald's one time. We were down there with some family. And um, I was at a McDonald's. And there was a homeless person sitting outside. And i didn't know this okay because obviously i'm not from florida so i didn't know this law it wasn't me though i was just observing there's a couple that walks up and was going to buy this person a meal <clears throat> and mcdonald's informed them i believe it's mcdonald's we were saying most important yeah it was mcdonald's we were saying now um informed them that they were not allowed to do that that it was against the law for them to buy this homeless person something to eat or even get them some water. And a police officer actually came. And of course this couple's like, we didn't know. You know, we're not from here. We don't know that. We're just trying to help somebody out. It was illegal. And I my mouth about dropped. I'm like, are you kidding me? And the, and the gentleman, the homeless person was sitting there on the bench. They had the seating outside. And the police officer obviously came and told him he had to leave or he was going to be arrested. Now, being a homeless person, <clears throat> that might be the way to go. <laughs> if it's illegal to, for anybody to help you, I guess the only way to do it would be to get arrested. And then you'd have shelter, food, and uh, a hot shower and, you know, food in your belly, right? But, um... That just goes to show our love. Now, what if, say, if that homeless man sitting there was a veteran? So let's, let's hypothetically say he was a veteran. Or let's say that 91-year-old man that was handing food out to somebody. And I'm going to most, most probably definitely bet that that man was probably a veteran. Because 90, 90 some years old, he's out there trying to feed the homeless. And he gets arrested. Now let's hypothetically say he, for argument's sake, he was a veteran. So this veteran man who is wanting to help other people that are homeless uh, with a meal gets arrested. How is that okay? How is that? How is that fair? How are we okay that with that as a society, as as human beings in this world? I just, I just don't get that. I am sorry. I don't. I don't understand us. 
And, you know, there are organizations out there, um, veteran service organizations out there, um, that offer benefits and things. Um, some help the homeless and at-rest veterans. They find support services um, to help them. Some of them, they have websites, obviously. Feel free to look into them. I'm going to read them off here. Um, and vets. Um, Blinded Veterans Association. Disabled American Veterans. Jewish War Veterans. Military Order of the Purple Heart. Non-Commissioned Officers Association. Paralyzed Veterans of America. Veterans of Foreign Wars. Vietnam Veterans of America. And the American Legion. Now these are service organizations. Um, they have re regional veteran service officers that can help veterans obtain benefits to help what they're entitled to. Some help homeless and at-risk veterans find supportive services that they need. Um, most have active uh, units that take uh, a role in providing assistance to veterans in their communities. And you can look them up in the phone book or you can go to these websites of the what I just named off. Um, some um, can even... Um, it says the American Legion is temporary financial assistance from the national headquarters of the American Legion it is cash aid to help maintain a stable environment for the children of veterans. Contact a local post to obtain an application. Applications are provided by the national headquarters, so the process may take several weeks. Um, so there are different places there that you can check into. Um, there are employment resources. The Department of Labor Veterans Employment of Trading Services. Um, they have a reintegration program. Uh, provides grants to provide uh, service providers across the nation to help homeless veterans return to the workforce. It is rated one of the most successful homeless assistance programs in the nation. Boasting the highest job placement and retention rates among national employment assistance uh, initiatives. Um, employment specialists work closely with government agencies, community-based service organizations, and uh, local employers to identify employment opportunities. Some are the Department of Veterans Affairs, which is the VA. Um, the VA's website can help job seekers create resumes, find job training, um, search by state, by jobs. Um, the VA website is a very, very informative and helpful um, uh, website. Um, the National Coalition for Veterans, uh, I'm sorry, the National Coalition of Homeless Veterans. Many community-based organizations provide employment preparation and placement services. Employment assistance is often part of the program offering housing and other supportive services. Um, state employment offices. Every state government has an employment service and assistant department that provides information and supportive services to job seekers. Although each state is different, most offer comprehensive job listings, veteran-specific assistant programs, 
um, and information about unemployment benefits and training programs. The State Offices of Veterans Affairs. Every state has a, a Director of Veterans Affairs. These offices are not associated with the VA and provide additional services to veterans, which may include employment training and job placement services. Um, online Employment Resources um, and Vets Career Center allow job seekers to browse available jobs set up by a job agent to receive emails about job matching their criteria and post resumes so employers can find them. A career Builder, um, Helmets to Hard Hats. This program offers former military personnel career uh, personnel career opportunities in construction trades nationwide. Candidates can access information about careers and create a profile via the Helmets to Hard Hats website. The profi profile will show hiring managers the transferable skills your client acquired during his or her military service. Hire Vets First, comprehensive career website for veterans as well as manager and human resources specialists. Tools include a one-stop career center, military skills translator, and resume writer. JobBankInfo.org Listing of employment opportunities nationwide. Job seekers can access job banks in every state as well as information on careers, resumes, and interviews, such as and also education and training. Jobsforvets.com as jobs and then the number four and then vets.com. Local employment site for job seekers and employers. Job for Vets offers the following tools for veterans to manage their career search. A job database, career email notifiers, a resume database and distribution, a career events calendar and continuing education guide. Military.com. Military.com's got a lot of good information on it. Um, websites that brings together and informs current and former service members offers a veteran career section, which it um, is deemed the largest veteran job board in the world. Job search, um, you can search job, build your resume, network with other veterans, um, and attend veteran career fair and access other resources. Um, veteran, I'm sorry, militaryconnection.com. A collection of military resources and information. Um, it connects veterans, transitioning service members, and their spouses with government and civilian employers. Monster.com. Recruit Military is a nationwide full-service military to civilian recruiting firm. It offers a job search, career information, transitional resources, job resources, and resources for military spouses. Vet Central, operated by the Job Central National Labor Exchange, which is provided by leading U.S. employers and the National Association of State Workforce Agencies. Vet Central provides job referrals and other job search resources specifically for veterans. Veterans Today, site bringing several veteran resources to one location. Um, Veterans Today features news, forums, um, benefits, jobs, and more. Updated regularly with career news, job fairs, resume services, transition resources, and a job uh, 
and a job 15 search and resume resume posting feature. Um, disabled veterans employment. Uh, the great majority of homeless veterans are impacted by mental illness, substance abuse disorders, or physical disabilities that may be uh, service-connected or the result of their homelessness. So they might be disabled, um, which has led to um, part of their homelessness. Um, employment specialists should be aware of the federal programs in place to serve disabled veterans and how to help their clients um, access them. Unless disability stat status has already been established, the process for determining disability and qualifications for some programs, they will take some time. In most cases, however, you should proceed with your employment assistance efforts while application for disability benefits are pending. So it's basically saying that um, while you're waiting for your job, you can apply for benefits for disability if you are disabled. Um, but as we all know, that takes time um, and sometimes unfortunately uh, you have to get lawyers involved um, sometimes people will try to claim disability and um, they might have legit reasons but um, so we'll still have to get an attorney sometimes um, not always but sometimes American Heroes at Work is a Department of Labor project that addresses the employment challenges of returning uh, service members living with traumatic brain injury or PTSD. Um, the site features information and tools to help those veterans, particularly those um, from Iraq and Afghanistan, to succeed in the workplace. Um, Department of Labor, Office of Disability Employment Policy, um, provides national leadership on disability employment policy by developing and influencing the use of evidence-based disability employment policies and practices, building uh, partnerships and delivering a, uh, authoritative and credible data on employment of people with disabilities. The Department of Labor Veterans Employment and Training Service, uh, the Disabled Veterans Outreach Program provides funding through state employment agencies and many community-based homeless service providers nationwide to support dedicated staff who develop and provide employment and job training opportunities for disabled veterans. The program promotes and develops on-the-job training and other um, employment services in the private uh, federal sector. Um, Department of Veterans Affairs and Compensation Work Therapy Program the VA's CWT program is available to veterans who meet criteria um, and are enrolled in a therapeutic or supportive residential program. The primary goal of this program is to provide veterans with psychological, um, I'm sorry, psychosocial disorders, an opportunity to develop work skills and obtain employment to maximize their independence and quality of life. The program involves intense case management, support, employment, transitional housing, and a wide range of supportive services. So basically, you know, they might have the skills to be able to work and the know-how and the knowledge and even the manpower of themselves, the strength to do so, but they're, um, they might be difficult to interact socially with people um, for a lot of reasons. And 
this program helps um, to work through that. Department of Veterans Affairs, Vocational Rehabilitation and Employment Services um, it also um, has training programs for service-connected disabled veterans who qualify for vocational rehabilitation. Um, it helps with employment and educational programs. And um, these offices can provide eligible disabled veterans with job-specific training and in some cases, cases even help with job placement. Um, also helps eligible disabled veterans obtain assistive technology devices to enhance employment opportunities and promote self-sufficiency. So if you're a disabled veteran and it is difficult for you to maybe save and communicate, they help to provide um, technology resources to help accommodate you. Um, Social Security Administration. Um, provide supplemental security and disability income for disabled veterans, or I'm sorry, disabled Americans, regardless of their veteran status. So basically, Social Security, it doesn't matter if you're a veteran or not, they do help with Social Security um, and disability income. Um, they are designed to help disabled people return to the workforce without losing the disability of health care benefits um, that they're entitled to. Um, and it guides this website guides um, employment specialists and job seekers together um, and it helps basically helps um, with job employment contacts and services um, other employment resources is America's America's career infonet um, helps people make better more informed career decisions is ideal for job seekers employers and human resources and workforce development specialists from learning about typical wages and employment tends to uh, trends like checking education knowledge skills and abilities um, against the requirements um, that most occupation um, jobs have you got america's uh, service locator allows users to find the nearest location delivering valuable job and career training assistance and information users can print maps that show point-to-point -point directions for selected service providers. Um, you can check connecting to customers, um, the American Workforce Network uh, services. Um, I do know like um, uh, WorkOne, for instance, they, and, um, I know that they had um, a program for a while, I don't know if they still do or not, so um, it wouldn't hurt to check into it. Because at the time I was um, in college for my bachelor's degree, and um, they said that they offer a pro they offer vouchers to help pay for um, continuing education to help people get um, an associate's degree in certain fields that they offered. And so you could go to college and get an associate's degree and the government would pay for it, basically. And unfortunately, they didn't pay for my bachelor's degree and they wouldn't back up and pay for my other I had two associate's degrees before that. They didn't pay for those, but I tried. <laughs> um, but I do know that they did offer services. Um, even in um, uh, uh, trade schools as well. Um, like a CNA or some um, in those areas. I know they did offer vouchers. I'll pay for those as well. So that is something too that uh, people can uh, people could also check into. If you're looking to continue your education or maybe get into a trade. Uh, check with your work your work one uh, development um, organization 
and see if they might be able to help uh, lead you in a direction with that. Um, maybe even continue your education or even helping you would get your GED program. Um, there's also Career One Stop, formerly known as America's Career uh, Kit, sponsored um, web-based application, provides uh, easy access to features and tools of America's Job Bank um, and Service Locator. It organizes the information on the websites and offers additional career-related resources as well. Department of Labor, Employment and Training Administration um, has they have a responsibility for development and administration of training programs and services for national workforce. Um, again, this is America's workforce um, development program, a nationwide system of workforce and organizations to provide information and services to employers, job seekers, and employment specialists. Um, job accommodation network. The workplace of the 21st century is open to everyone. Um, basically, it helps people, uh, information about Americans with the Disability Act, uh, with jobs and accommodations. Um, so if you have a disability or um, need accommodations, um, this a particular organization can help you with that. Um, USA Jobs is a one-stop electronic information center for federal employees, agencies, and departments looking to gain education, training, and necessary skills to succeed in the rapidly changing workplace. It includes job search assistance and application guidelines. Um, there's also special employment programs for the military. The post-9-11 uh, GI Bill. Um, it says the bill provides financial support for education and housing to individuals with at least 90 days of aggregate service on or after September the 11th, 2001, or individuals discharged with a service-connected disability after 30 days. All discharges must be honorable in order to be eligible for benefits. The amount of support that an individual may qualify depends on where he or she lives and what type of degree he or she is pursuing. Approved training includes graduate and undergraduate degrees, as well as vocational and technical training. The SBA New Patriot Express Loan Initiative is a small business, um, is a, uh, I'm sorry, Patriot Express Pilot Loan Program, streamlined loan pr uh, product based on the SBA's highly successful Express pro Program, but with enhanced guaranteed and interest rate uh, curves. So basically, um, it's like an interest loan. An SBA loan, student loans. Uh, you go to veteransemployment.com. Uh, allows veterans to search and apply for employment. The job bank includes positions available to business and agencies nationwide that have veteran hiring preferences. So there are a lot of places out there that um, prefer to hire um, only veterans. Um, or veterans are on their top list of people that they hire. Um, maybe some people might think, oh, well, that's job discrimination. Really? I think not. I think when it comes to a veteran, there is no discrimination there, except what the veteran might be feeling. But like I said, our country needs to take care of them. They've done did their duty to take care of us. It's our turn to take care of them. That's what we're for. My opinion. And vetjobs.com, regarded by veterans service organizations as a leading internet site for reaching the 14 million veterans currently, currently in the workforce, as well as 250,000 military personnel who transition each year and their family members. 
Um, it's an excellent source for candidates and information technology program and project management, sales, logistics, transportation, human resources, manufacturing, engineering, finance, healthcare, accounting, uh, senior management, and so on. Um, it is owned and operated by veterans for veterans. So vetjobs.com is owned and operated by veterans and they only service veterans. In January 2000, the Veterans of Foreign Wars of the United States exclusively endorsed the company and purchased 10%. Since then, Vet Jobs, Jobs has garnered many veterans service organizations endorsements. The site offers a wealth of guidance and resource information for veterans to enhance their employment prospects. And that is VetJobs.com. Now, these are some amazing resources, and there are several more um, that you can reference on the website, nchv.org. That's N as in Nancy, C as in Cat, H as in Henry, V as in Victor.org. Please feel free to check it out. There's a lot of information on there that I had typed out that I did not read, um, because I know a lot of this is, is a lot of information. Um, and I did cite a lot of places that you can go to help um, assist with jobs and getting, um, hopefully transitioning in life the best that you can. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to finish my last bit here, but I'm going to say, you know, I am so sorry to every veteran, every military person that has endured anything less than what a human being deserves. And I salute you. And for whatever that means, I am proud to be an American, not because of our government, but because of you. You are the reason why I am patriotic. You. The person. Not the entity or the government. You, the person. Is the reason why I am who I am. And at the beginning of this podcast, I say the following on my definition of a homeless person and a homeless veteran. And I said I would touch base on it. And I, this is what I said. My definition of a homeless person is this. A person that continues to suffer, regardless of the reason or reasoning, in a non-humane way of their God-given right as a human being, the necessities of life and its reasons for existence. Without food, water, shelter, clothing, needed medical treatment, and physical aids due to loss or limitations is the most degrading thing as a human being one should not ever have to be judged on, begged for, or even die from. Now this applies to a human veteran as well, right? Because they are human beings. My definition of a homeless veteran changes a bit, actually. 
And while all of the above holds true for them as well, I believe it needs to go a step further. Several steps further for that matter. And <clears throat> I hold very strongly on my thoughts and my opinions on a homeless veteran. I do a lot for the homeless. I have a web page on Facebook. Um, it's called Our House. And it looks like the earth with hands holding it. And I used to be very, very actively in it. I was always on the go, home, helping homeless. And um, unfortunately, my dad passed away. And I now take care of my mother. And um, so I work um, taking care of her. I make $1.61 an hour from the government. <laughs> no lie. $1.61 an hour. Uh, to take care of my mother 24 hours a day, 7 days a week with no help. And you know what I think? I'm one blessed woman. Um, but it has limited me on being able to help like I could before as much as I could for other people. But... My place is with my mom, first and foremost. And um, <clears throat> I'm actually getting ready to do a um, donation collection here in about another week. be a week tomorrow, on November 6th, actually. Uh, my group is doing a collection on some food for um, Thanksgiving. We're going to hand out um, meals to families for Thanksgiving. And uh, we're also doing a teddy bear drive. Because I do a program called Bearing It Through the Holidays to help people who have lost loved ones um, or have family that are in the military um, that may be away or something and they need a place to cope and put their feelings somewhere. Um, so anyway, I'm very active in this and I'm very verbal in this. But when it comes to a veteran, I will always say, oh, don't get me started. You know, if you start talking about a veteran and homelessness, it's going to get me started. And you know what? It does. And it should. It should get every single one of us started. It should get us started in doing something. Now, I'm going to try to put this in the best words that I can. <clears throat> and um, I'm just going to be me. This is just going to be me. Um... There should be no reason, no reason at all, that a veteran of all people in this world should be homeless. They should not want for one single thing in this world. They should not have to beg for money. They should not have to beg for a place to live. They should not have to beg for food. They should not have to beg or try to figure out how they're going to get to the doctor. They should not have to beg to be treated with respect. They should not have to be beg for a damn thing. Honestly, I'll even take it further. In my opinion, I don't believe that a veteran should ever have to pay for a single tax. And should not have to be underpaid. We pay our football players, our basketball players, our race car drivers, and even our lottery winners more money than what they know is due with in their whole freaking entire life. 
Why can't we take some of those earnings, that money instead, and give it to the men and women that have made it even possible for them to even have the luxury to play that game and enjoy their bougie lives with all due respect, as well as those that are fortunate enough to pay the high dollar price to sit in the best seats in the house there, whether it be on the field or in the in our own living room bars, while some are playing ridic- paying ridiculous amounts of money for a hot dog and a soda, a veteran is trying to find their next way of life in a decent shelter from the elements of Mother Nature and from mankind. There's something wrong with this in this world. And this is the level of magnitude that we live in today and time. That we think this is right and this is okay to live by and represent. Shame on us. Shame on our government. You know, there are so many men and women in this world that give their life on a daily basis. You got your police officers, your first responders, your fire departments, your EMTs, your nurses, your doctors, your teachers. Yes, because they put their life on the line now because you know how many school shootings are going on? So, yeah. You got people, bus drivers, you got people that put their life on their line every single day. <laughs> we have our military. We have our veterans. And I'm not trying to belittle our sporting event people. But you know what? Millions of dollars to play football for one season is really ridiculous. Really ridiculous. That money goes where? For you to fly an airplane somewhere? For you to what? Eat caviar? And I'm not belittling because I don't know your life. And I apologize ahead of time. But you know, honestly... Why is it okay to pay all that money, and and I'm not just trying to knock on that door, but how is that okay to put all that money in that one particular, those areas, and that's a seasonal sporting event, per se. Then you got people that put their lives on their line every single minute and every day of their life to benefit you. And they don't even get a smidge of that amount. Now they say the more you make, the more more they take. There shouldn't be a veteran alive in this world that has to pay one single tax. Not one. You know why? Do you really need to ask that question? You know, normally I'd apologize for offending anybody, but not this time. I'm I'm really not. I am personally offended as an American and as a human being in this world and the and the United States of America that we continue to allow our veterans to lack their God-given rights earned more than anybody else in this world than the necessities of human life and survival. And I won't apologize for that. 
You know, I read somewhere that in the military is having a hard time recruiting the younger generation because of the lack of qualifications needed to perform the necessary duties duties that's associated with the responsibility and magnitude of protecting this country. That's scary. So before you disrespect a veteran, before you question and judge, know your place at the table in this country. Better yet, look around at your table and give thanks that you even have that meal you scarfed down while reading your technology and disrespecting your family time. Because I would lay great odds that a veteran or a military person, for that matter, and their families would be more than happy to have that cherished moment you are not even saying grace for. Meanwhile, they're in a place you will never know, in a world you will never understand. A veteran and a military person is praying to God that they even would be able to have a home to even come back to and that they'll even make it there, wherever it may end up being. And I guarantee that their children, their spouses, their parents, their loved ones, and even their pet are crossing prayer paths at the same time. <clears throat> I would like to thank everybody for taking the time out of your life and joining me today. And I would like to take this time to end my podcast differently. You know, when I was in school, <clears throat> we had a thing that we did. And I don't know if they do it in today's school. And I talked about this in my first podcast, One Nation Under God. Our Pledge of Allegiance has One Nation Under God in it. And our license plate here in Indiana says, in God we trust. But we are so busy in trying to take God out of our nation. And giving him thanks for all the blessings he gives us. And we are hypocrites for that. Straight up hypocrites. That flag blows from every breath a soldier gave and continues to breathe. And I'm going to end this podcast, hopefully in an honorable way. In my opinion. <clears throat> and I want to give thanks to all those that fought the fight and continue to fight what they fought. And I hope whatever you're doing, if you want to safely pull off the side of the road or pause for the cause, but I would be, um, I'm going to enter this, in this podcast 
and I hope you join me, but I'm going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. When I was in school, we started every morning with the pledge. <clears throat> and before we went to lunch, we had a moment of silence to say our prayers and give thanks. And that is what's wrong with this country, in my opinion. How dare we say we're in one nation under God and in God we trust when we disrespect those who stand behind that flag that waves. Because if it wasn't for them, there would not be anything for us at all, let alone justice. And they continue to fight battles that we'll never even understand. And they're not even in combat anymore. So if you care to join me, I would like to say the Pledge of Allegiance now as I take a quick drink of my drink real quick because I've got very bad cotton mouth. <laughs> and if you are a man or a woman, um, you know, I taught my kids uh, respect. You take your hat off of the table and you take your hat off when you say the pledge or the anthem. So obviously that's on you. I'm not here to judge. That's you. But um, I'm going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. <clears throat> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This is Dee, and you have been listening to my podcast. Let me clear my throat. Many call him homeless. He prefers the title veteran. Thank you all, and have a blessed evening. <laughs>